You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Today on the Zabecast, pour one out for the grabber. I play the extended Lee Elia tirade cut in honor of Chicago lifer Les Grobstein. More fallout from the Cowboys' disastrous final play. My man Hatch joins me, lifelong true blue Cowboy fan, on why he wasn't shocked. All that plus an NBA owner with a brutally insensitive comment that will certainly be swept under the rug. Your 30-plus minutes of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's Go! Oh, here we go! Tuesday, January 18, 2022. Thank you for downloading. We begin with a salute to a radio lifer. Legend, no, but a lifer. And I have total respect for guys like this in our business. This life we've chosen in radio. Pour one out for Les Grobstein, a.k.a. The Grobber, who is a who was a longtime Chicago sports radio reporter and talk show host whose lasting claim to fame that will live on well beyond his life, which ended sadly at 69 years old, Over the weekend, he died alone in his home. No foul play suspected. No cause given at this time. Les Grobstein, his contribution to the sporting landscape will live on forever, and I thank him so much for it. He captured one of the all-time great sports rants, the famous Lee Elia going ballistic on Cub fans. Now, you've heard this rant before, cleaned up, Many a time. I used to play it usually once a year, almost like Buben Kanop, and then I just sort of like, everybody's heard the Lee Elia rant. It was Grobstein who was there that day in 1983 when Elia lost it following his team getting hit with garbage. They lost to the LA Dodgers, and the crowd threw garbage at Keith Moreland and Larry Boa as they made their way from the dugout to the clubhouse afterwards. And Elia had just had enough of this nonsense and decided to go off. Now, again, this is in the days in which not the electronic media was sparse. And so Les was the only guy with a tape recorder and it was rolling. The other reporters were taking notes in their notepads, but didn't have recorders. So Les was the only guy that had the actual audio. And I found today, in remembering Les Grobstein, a longer cut of the Lee Elia audio that I had never heard before. Wait, what? There's more? Yes, there is. Sit back and enjoy three minutes and 30 seconds of the extended, uncensored Lee Elia rant caution. If you're driving your kids to school, earmuffs. This is not appropriate. Rest in peace, Les Grobstein, and thank you 
for having a tape deck that day. I'll tell you one fucking thing. I hope we get fucking hotter than shit just to stuff it up them 3,000 fucking people that show up every fucking day. Because if they're the real Chicago fucking fans, they can kiss my fucking ass right downtown and print it. They're really, really behind you around here. My fucking ass. <laughs> what, the, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Go out there and let my fucking players get destroyed every day and be quiet about it for the fucking nickel-dime people to show up? The motherfuckers don't even work. That's why they're out at the fucking game. They only go out and get a fucking job and find out what it's like to go out there and earn a fucking living. 85% of the fucking world's working. The other 15 come out here. The fucking playground for the cocksuckers. Rip them motherfuckers. Rip them cocksuckers like the fucking players. Got guys busting their fucking ass and them fucking people boo. And that's the Cubs? My fucking ass. They talk about the great fucking support that the players get around here. I haven't seen it this fucking year. The name of the game is hit and the now- ball, catch the ball, and get the fucking job done. Right now, we have more losses than we have wins. The fucking changes that have happened in the Cub organization are multifold. Multifold. All right, they don't show because we're 5-14. and 14. And unfortunately, that's the criteria of them dumb 15 motherfucking percent that come out to date baseball. <laughs> the other 85% are earning a living. Who's vacuuming? Or five and fourteen to destroy the makeup of this club. I guarantee you that there's some fucking pros out there that want to fucking play this game, but you're stuck in a fucking stigma of the fucking Dodgers and the Phillies and the Cardinals and all that cheap shit. All these motherfucking editorials about say and fucking uh, the Phillyitis and all that shit. It's, it's sickening. It's unbelievable. It really is. It's a disheartening fucking situation we're in right now. Five and fourteen doesn't negate all that work. Got 143 fucking games left. What I'm trying to say is don't rip them fucking guys out there. Rip me. If you want to rip somebody, rip my fucking ass. But don't rip them fucking guys, because they're giving everything they can give. But once we hit that fucking groove, it'll flow. And it will flow. The talent's there. I don't know how to make it any clearer to you. I'm frustrated. I'll guarantee you I'm frustrated. It'd be different if I walked in this room every day at 8.30 and saw a bunch of guys that didn't give a shit. They give a shit. And it's a tough National League East. It's a tough National League Oh, God. Who was vacuuming? I want to strangle you. I want to strangle you. It was rolling right there. They were five and fourteen. Five and fourteen on that April 29th back in nineteen eighty-three. Can you imagine in today's manicured, polished, politically correct age, a manager or a coach going off like that? No, you can't, and no, they wouldn't. And there's too much money involved and too many people there to chronicle it and too many people to tut-tut it afterwards. But that's what sports was like if you're too young to remember it.
it was raw, it was alpha, it was messy. You couldn't see a whole lot of it because you had a game on TV every now and then, maybe once a week, or you got your ass to the ballpark, especially if you didn't have a job. Remember, too, the Cubs did not play at night back in 83 because Wrigley Field did not have lights. Every game was a day game. So, yes, during the week, (laughs) who would go to games? Guys who have nothing else going on. The rest of the world was indeed, as Lee Elias said, working. Were sports overall better back then? (laughs) You're goddamn right they were. But they are what they are now. And so we just deal with it. From that piece of audio to another, Dan Orlovsky did a great job of explaining just how and why the final play of the Cowboy game was such a bad idea on multiple fronts. Here is his breakdown of the play and just why it was so poorly thought out. Take it away, Pride of Connecticut, Dan Orlovsky. Show us exactly what did and did not get happened. Let me get there. my Kenny the Jet, Kenny the Jet to the screen. Okay, so this play is all about the Cowboys' lack of awareness and a lack of execution. So in this situation, I want to point this out. 14 seconds. This is the max that I could get to. I'd prefer 16 seconds play call wise, but 14 seconds is the bare minimum near death experience I need to execute a play. First step when you're teaching this play, no matter who the ball carrier is, he needs to understand that they have to at some point declare themselves down that extra two or three yards that they might try to get is not worth it because it's going to take an extra second or two somebody has to declare themselves down get down to make sure that you save the seconds on the, the clock so there's 10 seconds right now that prescott go down around the 30 yard line instead you get to the around 24 25 yard line there's an extra second that matters second step is this and coach just talked about it get up and find the official and give him the football larry fitzgerald style right usually larry fitzgerald would be running in here getting the football right now. Right now, Dak Prescott's going around going, okay, Biotis is trying to get the football. Dak doesn't know what to do. You run to the official and hand him the ball. You do not toss the ball to the official. It's the heat of the moment. They're 60 years old. Don't trust them to catch the ball. You go and hand it to him like the leader would do. Now, the third thing is this. you got to get into a legal formation. Everybody with urgency get into a legal formation. I just want you guys to watch some of these players on offense. Tell me if these guys look like they have urgency. Like These guys don't even have any urgency. They look unprepared for the moment right now. No one's running getting lined up. That's how you look like as a football team that's unprepared. Now, I want to pause it here. In this moment, you should also teach your football team of the 911 situation. Now, this hey is guys, interesting. We called the play. The ideal moment didn't happen. We lost a couple seconds on the clock. You should, as a quarterback, be running down 911, 911. The spike is off. Everybody now turns into Hail Mary mode. We should be running Hail Mary down the field. Three seconds every time the ball gets snapped, it has to be two seconds off the clock. In that moment, your break-even should be three seconds. Dak Prescott, if you get to line of scrimmage and it doesn't happen ideally, three seconds, you should be communicating to everybody the Hail Mary is on, and then we have at least have a shot to win the football game. The Cowboys showed poor preparation, they showed poor awareness, and they showed poor execution. This is not on the officials. This is on the players and the coaching staff 
to be ready for the moment. That's well done. Interesting stuff. I did not know that they had a 911 call in which they realized, oh, shit, we're not going to get off a spike, so let's just go ahead and run a play. But he was right as he showed the replay. There were, uh, there were a couple Cowboy players lollygagging. No urgency, and it's on Dak. It's on Dak as the quarterback to know to slide after seven or eight yards, not to try to get 15. It's on him to make sure to pop right up, urgently rush the football to the referee. It's on him to tell the guys in the huddle, hey, think, this is the play we're running. When we go down, we got to hustle to get to the line of scrimmage and spike the ball. Doesn't mean I would get rid of Dak Prescott but it wasn't his finest moment. Speaking of things that are not their finest moment, shocking, brutal honesty from an NBA owner regarding how little they give a shit about genocide going on on the other side of the world when it involves their number one business partner, China. One of the owners of the Warriors was on a podcast. This is a minority owner. I want to say this name right. Uh, I probably will butcher it. Chamath Palapatiya. Of course, he's a CEO of a venture capital firm, uh, Virgin Galactic owner, or a chairman of Virgin Galactic and owner of the Warriors. 1.5 million followers. He's on a podcast uh, it's called the All In Podcast, I believe it is. Anyway, I don't know. I thought he was going on a podcast that would be friendly to him. And then the question of the Uyghurs, the Muslim minority that is being brutally treated and forced to make slave labor merchandise in China, rounded up, hauled off to basically work camps in the middle of China. Nobody can get at this location. China, of course, says, oh, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about, but there's chilling drone footage of this. He, here is what Chamath Palapatia had to say when asked about the Uyghurs in China. Nobody cares, about, again? No, yeah, nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs, okay? You, you bring it up because you really what? care, and I think what that's nice that cares? you care. The rest of us don't care. I'm just well, telling really you a very care? hard. Wait, I'm you're telling you, you very, personally don't care. I'm telling you a very hard, ugly truth. Okay, of all the things that I care about, yes, it is below my line. Okay, that's, of all the things that's... that I care about, it is below my line. Disappointing. Wow, wow. So there it is, out in the open. And you know nothing's going to happen. You know that their media partners are not going to touch this. But that is. Shocking to hear right from his mouth. I don't care about that. It's below my line, he says. Who knows what he's worth? I'm sure it rhymes with billions. But there you go. And as much as you want to like, as much as I do like the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis and the team and what they did last summer, it is a virtually impossible league to swallow whole without vomiting up. We'll see what happens from here, but my prediction is nothing. In fact, I bet some owners are secretly happy, like, okay, good. One of our guys finally said that, and because he's of 
I want to say Indian descent, maybe Pakistani. They won't go after him as hard. And now we don't have to say it. But he went out there as like, okay, anyone who wants to ask about this, fuck you. We don't care. What are you going to do about it? I'm a billionaire NBA owner. What is ESPN going to do? Run a Bob Lee eight-part series? Bob Lee retired. Oh. Well, may he uh, enjoy his retirement. He wasn't going to do that piece anyway. Now was he? You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. SheFit. We're so over beach bodies and getting bikini ready. You should be empowered to wear anything you want, except a bad sports bra. You deserve better. You deserve a bra with fit and support like no other. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually performs. Fully adjustable to fit your body with 50% less bounce than the Nike Pro. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. All right, most of the stuff that Stephen A. Smith does, I find to be clownish and one-dimensional. But every now and then, I got to admit, it's pretty funny. The Stephen A. Smith Cowboys taunting accident waiting to happen remix. A mediocre team and pretty funny. <laughs> That's what makes this funny. Uh, uh, uh. I mean, yeah, it's childish, but then again, the Cowboys are four and eleven in the postseason in the last 26 years. So not to splash in the puddle of misery, but I had to talk to my boy, Bryant Hatcher, the Cincinnati Flash. Hatch, it's been a tough month for you with the Bearcats falling to Alabama and now this. How you doing, right. brother? Oh, I'm doing fine because I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> and your Front thoughts runner. on Stephen yeah, A. Smith, just... by the way? Um, I thought that, that was the first thing that came to my mind when Dallas lost was, oh, Stephen A. is going to kill Dallas tomorrow. <laughs> what, and Michael Irvin with his ashy lips. I'm like, brother, put some Vaseline on your lips. Your lips are ashy every time you're on there. <laughs> and and oh I, knew, I knew he would be killing Michael Irvin, but there, you know, Mike, there wasn't much Michael Irvin could say. The yeah. problem is with Dallas, there's no innovation. Their offense is basic. They run dive plays to Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott, and then or they spread out four receivers and run basic upfield routes. There's no crossing, no picking routes. There's no misdirection run plays. Right. Like, I would say it is thought, pretty stale. Thought, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, whoever thought that the offensive coordinator, what's his name? That, Kellen, who, Kellen Moore. Whoever thought he was good. He's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Well, it, I would assume it's a McCarthy offense and McCarthy's offense got very stale and basic in Green Bay in his dying years. 
And some would say that it was part of the reason why, even with Aaron Rodgers, they pretty much hit a sandbar. Yeah, but Dallas's offense has been like this. I'm not going to blame McCarthy. You're going to go Dallas beyond it, so it's been that way for a while. Jason Garrett, it's been like that for a while. Okay. Dive that, left, dive yeah. right, you know, man-to-man blocking, no zone read, no misdirection, no tight end screens, you know, fake a sweet tight end screen. Yeah, nothing. yeah. None of the nothing. innovative stuff that all None. of the, you know, McVay, LaFleur, right. Shanahan, Shanahan are doing. Right. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. There's definitely that. When I when I texted you during the game and I was not texting to try to stir shit up, I just wanted to hear from you and, and Cowboy Mike and the rest of the, the Cowboy faithful, you seem to have this this doesn't shock me feeling at all. You is Correct. that you, you you did this did not shock you to see this kind of result. No. That said, what I'm shocked about is how some fans are like we need to tear this all down and start over. No you don't. It, that's that's what I'm saying. And they and need a guard. Yeah. They need a guard. Okay. 52 Connors or whatever 52 is terrible. Right. Terrible. Right. Besides the penalties and the holding calls and the reason why he holds is cuz he's not that good. Sure. And if they they need another guard and they need to make sure they have someone to replace Tyrone Smith because he's about done. He might have one more year left in him. Right. And they need some innovation on offense. So you need to get rid of Kellen Moore and bring somebody in that's, that has some fresh ideas on yeah. how to use, utilize all that talent on offense. So Run and dive left and dive right. That offensive line is not good. Not as good as it used to be. No, it's you're not yeah. going to man block and manhandle people. You just don't do. You can't do that anymore. So you got Ezekiel Elliott. Get you know everyone wants to blame him, and his skill set. Oh yeah, he's his knees hurt. He's got a knee brace on, but he's got nowhere to run. Yeah, he's run not and the, dive left and dive right. Yeah. he's not two hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> he's not the player he once was either. You know, no. All it takes it, is a little bit of age, a little bit of injury, and it scrubs a little bit of speed off a guy. And he's not nimble. He, I mean, he's he's not as nimble as he once was. That's for sure. He's kind of a bigger back and a shorter body. Right. That's. But he can still run. He's still yeah. got some explode. He's still fast. He's high end fast. Up the, once right. he's in the clear, he's high end fast. He's not right. burst. He's not bursty anymore. No, yeah. he's not. So that's why you start to run some misdirection and you got to kind of get the defense going one way and you go the other way to get him some space to run. Yeah. Toss sweeps and dive plays he, here's what, just aren't yeah. working for Dallas. They're just not innovative. All right, let's talk about Dak for a second. I, I need to make this point to everybody out there who's a football fan. Get over how expensive quarterbacks are in the NFL. Get over it. Okay. Right. People yeah, going. Uh, here's here's a tweet. As a fan of the team, I knew they weren't actual contenders when they signed Dak to that massive contract. It doesn't fucking Ooh. matter. This is what right. these guys cost. They did fuck right. it up by by playing footsie with them, and then they were like, "Shit, we can't lose them because then we're going to start over." So they paid right. too much for him, but it's still better than not having Dak Prescott. The team scored right. five. Right. This team scored five hundred points in the regular season. There's a lot there. They just fucked it up yesterday. And I think a lot of that is coaching, but that's a separate story. The Dak thing and how much everyone costs, get over it. Right. 
Good players cost money, and your quarterback, you got to pay for it. I don't ever look at the price tag of players. I look at how they're playing and what's being done out there to win football games. Sure. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I don't care if someone has this contract or whatever. You pay the guy, you didn't have any choice but to pay him. He, you know, ever since he he hurt his calf or whatever he hurt his, his leg, ankle. Yeah. ankle, he doesn't want someone told him don't run anymore. Really? And he's not dynamic as he once was. That's sure. the problem. So he's sitting back there. He's not Tom Brady. He can't sit in the he's pocket not, yeah, he's not and throw the ball yeah. over the place. No. He's not super he, accurate, so he's got to have no. that running element to him to balance exactly. the whole thing out. But Which you're still better off. Yeah, you're still better off with him than without him. So that's nuts. This same guy on Twitter says, the only hope I have for them is they can blow up the core, rebuild both lines, and start looking five years from now when Arch Manning will be draft eligible. Oh my God. <laughs> Like, who says that guy's going to be a professional football? That's ridiculous. Of course. Who says you're going to get him either? It's so amazing. You're right. That's ridiculous. Now, now here's kid a, is in 11th grade. Here's, a, grade here's a more grade. sober take from somebody on Twitter. This team loses in soul-crushing fashion because the owner values players and talent more than coaching. His team is consistently outcoached because he'd rather have a puppet coach who doesn't ruffle feathers and disrupt the family running the team. That I can get more behind. Would you right. agree? I can get a little bit behind that because Jerry Jones wants to have the say in everything. But as he's getting older, I think he's becoming less of a dictator right. as he once was. You know, So I think he's letting the coaches coach. I mean, it's just been bad. You just had bad coaches. Yeah. I mean, Jason Garrett, you kept around way too long, and now you have McCarthy who, you know, I don't think he's a bad coach, but there's no – if you can't do anything innovative and create things for your best players to make plays, right? then I have a problem with that. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you – if if, if – CeeDee Lamb hadn't caught a pass in the first half. You know what I would have done? I'd have put him in the slot, and I'd have had him going in motion. Sure. I'd have had him line up in the backfield, go in motion, move around, so you could get him in a position to get him the ball and let him run. Because once he gets the ball in his hands, he is an excellent sure. runner after the catch. Speaking of so running. Why a, didn't yeah. you adjust at the halftime and get the guy the ball. Yeah, no, that would have been an idea. Speaking of running, and you as a former college wide receiver, former pro wide receiver, for one glorious season in the CFL, um, how many guys could do what Debo Samuel is doing? Or is he just like this natural runner in addition to well, being you, a great wideout? Well, you know who started it, don't you? Before him. Who? And he's still doing it is uh, Corderell Patterson. Yeah, triple He's threat. the first one to do it. Right. He's so, been doing it for a while. How many wide receivers in the league right now do you think could be used in a similar fashion to, to uh, Debo Samuel? Because Debo led the team in rushing touchdowns, which is the first time ever in NFL history a wide receiver had done that for a team. Yeah, You know who else I think they should use like that? Is that big sucker at Seattle. 
Oh, DJ Metcalf. DK Metcalf. Put him back there. <laughs> he's he's getting more and more frustrated because he had a huge couple years, and he's like, yep. I've arrived, and then another, it's all gone to shit team, since then. Yeah, another team that doesn't utilize him correctly. Put him put him back there. Yeah, he's two hundred thirty pounds. I know. Did you uh? Did you have a problem with the play that ended the game, either from the call, the strategy, or the referees? The ref, I can't. How, I never blame the refs for anything. I never make excuses for penalties because people always want to use one penalty to say that's was the outcome of the game, and nine times out of ten, that's not. Right. So I don't complain about that's part of the game. So the problem was you you didn't have enough time to do to that. Get, do that. Like, okay, you should have told the guy run ten yards and slide. Yep. We only have 14 seconds. We can't run 20 yards, 25 yards and slide. We're just not going to have the time. If you want to do 10, do it and slide and get down. Yeah. They, you know, get they, the first down, get down, and then we can go from there. That would have put Dallas around the 35-yard line. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it still was still a hope and a prayer. I mean, when Mike McCarthy said, would you rather throw from the 25-yard line? He said the 50, they're line? at the 41, but yeah, you know. He's like, would you rather throw from the, you know, the fifty-yard line to the twenty-five-yard line? It's the same goddamn play. <laughs> he sounded. He made it sound like What's it was way difference? different. He made it sound like it was five verts from the twenty-five, and that nobody's ever completed a hail mary from the forty-one. I think they're both low percentage, but I'd rather have two right. low percentage shots from the forty-one than zero, which is what they got. And the whole thing right. about well, we practiced this. Well, shit, I practice by chipping, Hatch. How do I look under the tiniest bit of pressure at the Malcolm every year? <laughs> Fucking disaster. Chug along. <laughs> Chug along. Exactly. So, you know, saying we practiced it, that's great. But can you yeah, do it in the game? Yeah, did you practice it with a ref and know that the ref had to touch the ball, <laughs> idiot? Right. Did you practice it misspotting the ball by three yards, which is the only reason the umpire moved it because it was an egregious misspot. Had they handed it to him or had they put it on the right yard line, he could have just top tapped it. But no. Or did you, as a coach, know that the ref had to spot the ball and needed to touch the ball? So did you tell your quarterback, when you slide, run to the ref and hand him the ball? Yeah, no, that's what should have been done. All right, last question for you on this Cowboy front is, uh, and I got a, I got a golf thing for you because uh, I know you love golf. Um, question about the fans that they showed in the stands. The woman who was crying hysterically, bawling with four minutes left, she was pretty good looking, but would you date her? Oh, uh, that, that's a good question. I defer <laughs> on that. <laughs> you, you'd be cautious. Like, on the one hand, she's pretty hot. She likes football. The other right. hand, she's literally heave-sobbing with four minutes to go. It's hey, like there's I a lot of game a lot left. Of on right. There's a lot of game left. I'd, I'd say I hope the only reason you're crying is because you got a lot of money on this game. Because <laughs> other than that. It's not why? worth crying over, right? Right. Be pissed, but don't cry. Right. Exactly. <laughs> what about the woman who uh, was all sad, then realized that she had gone viral, and then she's happy showing people her phone. Hey, look, the shot of me being all sad is now gone viral. Did you see her? Yes. <laughs> and that's crazy. <laughs> that's like there are so many people in those stands that like live or die 
with their team. I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, that's what football is. You know, that's what sports is. People sure. have their great teams and they follow them and, and you know, and they live vicariously through them. Yeah. That's why but, the NFL uh, is king is that it can actually, you know, prompt a grown-ass woman uh, who's presumably got a lot going on in life or could into bawling uncontrollably over a fucking game. Over a game, yep. Same yeah. with guys. So there was the guy. They were showing guys. They were some really bummed out with guys. With their hands in their face. Yeah, but as a guy, you better not be fucking crying. There better not be right. actual tears coming down. You can have the pissed face and the thousand-yard stare, but you better not be crying. That's 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 revocal of your man. Revocal. Exactly. That's revocation of your man card. Okay, golf. Did All you right, see? So I have, wait, wait, wait. I yeah. have one question for you. Yeah. So when the fans started throwing the stuff and they and one of them hit Demarcus Ware. Do you think they were throwing it at him, or was that directed as at the refs? I don't know. A little bit of both. They were probably pissed at both. You look, there's idiots that'll throw shit at fans or at players, including their own, if they thought they fucked up, or referees. Don't throw shit. These people are, are actual human beings with families. I mean, we're exactly. not savages, for God's sakes. Right. All right. On the golf front, did you see Hideki Matsuyama's shot? to win the Sony Open in a playoff? I did not. Okay. What happened? You need to check it out. Here is the audio of it. 277 with, I think, a driver off the deck. Either way, 277 on the par 518th after he teed up damn near up against the tee marker to get the best angle to cut the corner. Uh huh. And and was hitting this thing into the sun. He put it to three feet. Here's how it sounded on TV. Oh, he's hitting beauty here, Kurt. Boy, this is on a good line. He couldn't tell the best of the sun, but whoa! Hideki! <laughs> you got to see this thing. 277 baby cut. He couldn't even see it land because it was right into the into the glare, almost like a Jerry World. And it to uh-huh. three feet to win. Boss move finish. You'll like that one. Check it out. Ooh, I'll have to check it out. Okay. All right. And then one more. Did you see the uh, Twitter feud between Kevin Na and Grayson Murray? No. So Kevin Na, as you know, is slow. Yep. <laughs> yes. You hate that. Oh, we all God, hate that. Yes. yes. So. Grayson Murray was who's a just a tour journeyman. I don't even know where he's from. He's kind of young, but he hadn't done much on tour. Um, somebody on Twitter said it never gets old watching Kevin Na walk in putts because that's what he does, right? Uh-huh. And Grayson Murray tweeted, "It does get old when you're standing there watching him line it up for three minutes and ten seconds." <laughs> <laughs> And and do you know what Kevin Na fired back on Twitter? Watching you miss cuts is getting old. (laughs) (laughs) And then Grayson Murray said, if they penalized you like they should for slow play, you'd never make another cut in your life. (laughs) And the funniest thing is... That's what you need in golf. Now we're talking, right? And you know what? That's right. With this new some trash talking in golf, all these robots (laughs) with this robot with this player engagement bonus they have now on the PGA Tour. Both Uh guys will probably rack up points for that. So let the feuding begin. Anyway, I thought you'd enjoy that.
All right, Hatch. I'll let you exactly. go, brother. Good to talk All to you. Right, Sorry about your Cowboys. See you, pal. All right. Have a good one. Bye. There you go. Let's end on this. I got a lot of great feedback on my potential ego snowblower purchase. I'm going to do it because, again, the most important thing about these vital household suburban garage machines is that they start reliably. And as a secondary point, that your wife can start them. If you're not around and she wants to go do some yard work or blow the driveway off. So I'm going to get it. Some of you have said, eh, I don't know if it's powerful enough for heavy, wet, mid-Atlantic snow. I guess we'll find out about that. I don't expect it to just effortlessly wee fling heavier, crustier snow off the driveway. I'm just expecting it to not require me to bend over and break my back. A number of you have also said, Zabe, I know once upon a time you mocked a uh, cordless, battery-powered string trimmer, but I'm telling you, they're fantastic. And you can then interchange it with your um, leaf blower and other stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I really need to get with that because that is true. Now, my weed whacker is really solid. It's a Shindawa. And and I don't have problems starting that thing at all. My... um, my snow, my, my, not my snowblower, but my leaf blower is a steel and it starts pretty reliably, but you know what? If it was just battery powered telling you, Mrs. C would pick it up, press the button and go and blow off the deck and blow off the porch and blow off the walkway. I think a lot more often because it does take a little bit of fiddling. You got to prime the pump and you got to do it to choke and try it a few times. And sometimes it doesn't work. And then eventually you're going to get bad gas. You're going to get something that goes wrong. That said, I also had somebody email me saying, hey, Zabe, Arians is made in Wisconsin proudly. They're a good company. They make good products. Please don't call them pieces of shit. You just had something go wrong with yours. Okay, you're right. Uh, Tomorrow, my man Ronnie Fox from Sharp Blades is coming on out to fix it. So I'm looking forward to that. And then I'll get the Arians up and running, and then I'll have two snow, two snow throwers. My wife and I can go out there and make even quicker work of the driveway. Two snow throwers. Yes, indeed. Luxury. I has it, as the saying goes. And then we'll end on the funniest but also biggest cautionary tale I saw on the internet on Monday. Somebody mocked up a fake welcome screen to Twitter with all the same fonts and the colors and the layout. And it looks real. It says, get fired from your job in five to 10 years. Join Twitter today. It's got the big sign up button. It's got the login button. And then it has little icons. One of them is a little search thing. It says, say anything you want. Then there's a people icon. Wait five to 10 years. And then there's a little quote icon. Surprise, you're fired. That one is a cut and paste. And make sure your kids see it because it is dead on. Thanks for listening and being a loyal Zabecast listener. 
thank you as well if you happen to subscribe to the five full days a week portion of this podcast. You can do that. Join the gang and be a true one percenter and help support this whole endeavor by going to zabe.com slash premium and signing up. It's only five bucks a month. I have not raised the price in three years. I don't think I'm ever going to raise the price. And I'll give you 12 months for the price of 11 if you can commit to me for a full year. Cancel whenever you want. You can go month to month as well. I appreciate your support. Thanks for listening. Have a great Tuesday, and we will see you next time. At SheFit, we know the fitness industry makes a lot of empty promises. We're done with shortcuts and quick fixes. No woman should be let down or held back, especially by her clothing. It's time to experience the only sports bra that's as strong as you are. Available in the widest range of sizes. Easy on and off, with 50% less bounce than the Nike Pro. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022.